0: I would like to welcome each and every person uh, here this evening. This is in fact the uh, first retreat at the New Gaia House and it is a delight and a privilege uh, for myself to uh, be here with you uh, this evening and for these days together. And we have just in the past few weeks been making the uh, transition and a fairly major one for us from the old uh, retreat house 15 minutes walk away to here and the change in scale is quite significant for us insofar as when we were in the uh, other place I literally could um, put my hand out and if I wished, touch the person on the top of their head because it was the old living room of the vicarage which we had purchased, which was our meditation room so everybody was rather squashed together and in a room when there were, as there are now, about 25 people and if one person moved just a few inches there was a high probability that they would touch somebody else so coming into a new meditation hall just at the moment you'll seem rather distant and, and far, far away but perhaps the uh, psychology of that might change as the hours and the days go by. Previous to our arrival here uh, this was a convent and the owner of the house and as Dita said in his uh, opening talk just then dates back to the 16th century or earlier and that original building and what is now the centre of this building um, was uh, in his hands until the um, mid-1920s he, when he died, left it to the church and trustees were established and an order of nuns came to live here they used it as a convent and as a retreat facility right up until two months ago during the 1950s and 60s and into the uh, early part of the 70s missionaries both ordained and lay travelled from other parts of the world especially South America but also Africa and Asia and would come here for retreat personal uh, renewal and the nuns of the convent here took care of them and with the changing times that we uh, live in the numbers who came began to get less and less and in fact when the nuns left at the end of March there are only six nuns living in this entire uh, building and just the occasional um, retreatant would come, as it was the last Anglican retreat centre in the whole of the diocese. And a number of people have asked me, how is it possible for us to have Gaia House, which is a small, modestly sized uh, village uh, vicarage previously, to make such a, a shift to such a large scale as this? And it was one of those situations which worked extraordinarily favourably towards us We were primarily blessed with two major things here And one was the lane outside the house, outside the convent The local government, who knew us very well, didn't want a lot of commercial traffic They didn't want it to to be bought and converted into a hotel which was a possibility they didn't want it to become a school and they um, didn't want it to become a holiday uh, place, holiday uh, apartment simply because it would put too much pressure on the narrow lane and the other which gave us great support in our securing of the convent was that right behind me in the garden here as you will see and may know already there is a small Um, cemetery rather touching in its simplicity of just the name of a nun who had died here and the date that she died and the nuns understandably enough were very anxious for the uh, new owners uh, of the convent to be very caring and very respectful to that small sacred piece of land and so With us, the nuns, which is very, very touching, said us that they were praying that we would secure uh, the convent and therefore there would be a continuity here of spiritual practices, of silence, of meditation and that contemplative way of being, of looking deeply into ourselves and therefore being respectful to what had taken place before. And so in the support and uh, prayers for us one might say they were equally praying that it wouldn't fall into commercial hands and uh, it certainly uh, hasn't so all of that in a way serves as the the background to making this uh, facility possible in the past two months here many friends uh, of uh, Gaia House have been coming here for varying lengths of time, a few days or a few weeks to be here to make quite a transformation of the interior of the place and a tremendous amount of work has has been done it's almost unrecognisable from the time that we, Christina and I and the committee first looked at the facility and I must say for the nuns they certainly led a rather severe and austere way of life, judging from the time that we came to visit them. And though we propound here the uh, the middle way, one could be forgiven for thinking it might perhaps be the upper middle way in terms of the beautiful care and attention that has been given here to the meditation hall. Everything that you witness in here is virtually... uh, New or repainted and replaced and some of the old pews which were in here we have recycled and have used for desks and tables and um, garden um, etc so all that's part of what's helping and is helping to bring all of this uh, together and naturally enough myself Christina, Stephen and Martin, the guiding teachers, and many, many others are very happy to see this new facility um, underway, and this also being the opening retreat for it. That will mean, of course, in the time that you are here over these days, you might well pick up on lots of things which we just haven't realised or noticed. Um, Dieter made as uh, one example of that when he was speaking um, with regard to door sounds um, other things as, as well please don't hesitate to tell me or to write a note or whatever so that as much as possible in the time that we're here we can be uh, aware of various things which we need to might need to see and to notice and that will help considerably for future retreats in that you and I inform each other and helping with the flow of things with regard to uh, the other retreats that follow on from here and hopefully for many, many generations and long after I'm pushing up the daisies with the the nuns out there in the the cemetery. In the retreat and in coming into the retreat that there are a number of features of it and I would just like to give the period of time devote the period of time with you this evening to exploring some of the threads and the themes which weave together these kind of teachings and practices and applications which are not only intended for uh, insight and understanding in these meditative settings but equally important is that they serve well for us in day-to-day life and that transition, you might say from silence and stillness and meditation and inquiry into the daily life setting is certainly a major thread and theme of what takes place in these uh, 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 activities In that, of course, there is a very long-standing historical background to all of this and that background has its roots certainly uh, in the last two and a half thousand uh, years and in the tradition of spiritual life it's generally speaking three features of it are somewhat indispensable to each other one of them are the ethical considerations and that is that dedication and commitment to non-harming, non-violence, non-exploitation and that requires a great deal of inner awareness and self-other understanding and knowledge. Second, with those ethical considerations in life is a me- me- mindfulness, meditative awarenesses and deep awarenesses of, of life. And the third, as an outcome and an outflow, all of that is finding what it means in life to live with a genuine and grounded wisdom about life a wisdom about existence. And these three, the ethics, meditation and awareness and wisdom, as it were, constitute and holds together the essential body of teachings the essential body of practices of course in coming here you will have seen and noticed in the program itself that there is a common thread which connects and unites the teachers together and that is that each and every one of us has been exposed and had long and sustained contact with the Buddhist tradition. It's there some of us, like myself, uh, was ordained a monk in the Buddhist tradition uh, in the East. Others have done uh, retreats, have lived in India, have been exposed to teachings and to Buddhism in, in general. But having said that, it's not our intention to promote uh, Buddhism I'll um, leave the experts to uh, do that and that's somewhat reflected in the hall here so when you look behind me one looks at far more beautiful things and namely in the form of uh, flowers and plants and when last Saturday we invited friends, Buddhist monks and nuns from um, Amravati Monastery and Chithurst uh, Monastery and they uh, uh, walked in here there was a mild bemusement um, on their face and one said to me in whispers you're going to have a Buddha image in here and I said um, uh, no, it's not our cup of tea and we prefer flowers and I remember once when the monks of Amravati uh, the monastery came to teach at the old Gaia house and it was the same there actually there we didn't even have the flowers, it was even more austere and when the monks came in they s- sat down and again no Buddha image no sense of temple, or monastery, or religion, or whatever and they said, but we like, understandably we like to engage in chanting and to take refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma and the Sangha the traditional uh, forms, but there's no image do you think you could find something? So the managers looked around and couldn't at that time find uh, anything suitable But what they did come up with, which was a tremendous initiative, was a round breadboard. And this represented the wheel of the Dharma. And this was put on a table with some flowers and incense and then the monks felt comfortable and the meditators felt comfortable. And there was a symbolic uh, image of um, religious life or spiritual teachings or whatever and some, and perhaps some of you here do feel very comfortable with that but we also know of course that plenty of people don't feel comfortable and if sometimes people can walk into a facility like this and they see large Buddha images and flowers and candles and incense and they go, whoa, where's the exit sign? So again, here as I mentioned It's not our intention, certainly not my wish, to promote Buddhism far more important things in life and they are ethics in life and awareness in life and living with wisdom in life and if the tradition in its healthy and wonderful aspect does contribute to that, which I believe it does then all all well and good but to keep the primary focus uh, there With the day itself, um, before coming in here on the um, notice board, uh, as you just go down the the corridor a little bit there, there's the timetable for the day. And with the day's timetable, the day begins at uh, 6 o'clock in the uh, morning and it's a wake-up and exercise period. And for some people that might be using the, the practice Uh, room just over there for uh, others it may be uh, in your own room or outdoors and whatever form of exercise feels beneficial and useful for you just to begin the day and then at 6.45 there's a group sitting in here and that's through until 7.30 and then uh, the breakfast time is at 7.30 I've also asked one of the managers to uh, photocopy and to make available for those of you wish the general meditation instructions and though of course a little bit this evening and certainly more tomorrow I'll be speaking about the meditation instructions but a number of people have said to me in the past just how helpful it is with quite a lot of extra instructions being given to um, have them in a written form because the meditation instructions not only include the sitting but also walking meditation, standing meditation, reclining meditation uh, eating meditation so some time ago having been repeating myself for more than 20 years on ter- in terms of the meditation instructions I thought I'm tired of keep repeating these instructions I'll think I'll put them together, um, print them out, and hand them out. And that will save uh, me a little bit of energy. And then if there are further questions out of that, of course there will be plenty of time and opportunity for you to ask. So I think you might appreciate that part of the reason for the written meditation instructions is um, my exhaustion with with the repetition of them although I do see some of my fellow teachers who teach here they still have an unembashed enthusiasm for telling them and uh, haven't had to resort to my uh, (laughs) level In in the day um, and a little bit with the motives firstly if I may speak about that for a moment or two the motives and intentions for um, arriving here and being here can of course vary quite considerably from one person to another There are a number of you who haven't been in a retreat situation before it's the first time you've um, um, ever done such, such a thing and it's a little bit of a hurdle in just working with and accommodating the silence and though often we tell ourselves Oh I need more silence in my life, I'm too verbal, I'm too mental, I'm too much time in front of the on the phone or on the computer or in the reading the newspaper or whatever it might be, that quite often dropping all of that and entering into silence is quite a formidable task for the heart and mind to feel comfortable with. And it can be extra difficult in fact, when everybody else is silent as well. It's one thing to go for an afternoon uh, walk in the countryside by oneself though, as I may say, as a long distance runner there are not many people going for afternoon walks by themselves in the countryside no matter how much lip service is given to it but some time of silence by oneself one might really enjoy and hopefully very much that but it's rare and it's unusual and we know that the buzzword that we live in and live under like a horrendous shadow is busy busy, busy, busy doing, doing, doing and so a retreat situation and the environment is polar opposite to busyness that one is encouraged to do things considerably more slowly One is encouraged to be considerably more silent than usual and to be considerably more still than usual. But having said that and given encouragement to that for all of us it doesn't necessarily mean that the mind itself will stop being busy. And meditation and awareness and practice and inner work in a way is a kind of antidote towards obsessional busyness Busyness you know, when it's full on with us tends to have a stronger emotional influence in it than what we often realise and two emotional factors giving support to busyness one is often the force of desire compelling desire, I have to do, and the other is fear of not doing, of not getting it done. And these two, even if we don't feel them, can push our lives around tremendously, so that even when we haven't got anything to do, and when we have no reason to be busy, mind is... looking for something I need something to do I must have something to do and the busyness becomes a pattern which can be remorseless and relentless is there any wonder there's no peace of mind mind has become so heavily conditioned in the doing 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 mode driven by desire driven by fear retreat environment silence and stillness as difficult and as tough as it it can be provides us with an opportunity in a very honest and direct way to genuinely look at ourselves and what's happening in our life. To have a chance to really look at ourselves. In the uh, hall here there are a number of you who are very familiar with these kind of environments you have sat uh, retreats participated in them um, at Gaia House and other facilities and in similar tr- traditions and in other traditions and it's a world of uh, renewal and depth which is familiar to you and of course all that I can do in the time that you are here is to encourage you to actually use fully and to the maximum degree the stillnesses and the silences and the meditations and to look deeply into things so others of you may be relatively new to this situation and perhaps have just participated in one, two, three, four or five uh, Uh, retreats, weekend, few days, week long, ten days or whatever it might be again here or elsewhere including in the East as well and again that, that same aspect too of not in any way resting on one's laurels not indulging and living in what was and keeping that focus as much as possible to the here and now situation which is where we have our life and being and where truth and liberating truth as the theme of this retreat really can be realised and discovered and others of you as I said previously it is your first time uh, in such a situation so whether you're very experienced in these things or relatively new or completely new that is all rather secondary really to the presence, your presence of being here and giving some time to being with one's existence and seeing what comes from that during the uh, day there's sitting and walking uh, meditations there's also a full group meeting which takes place and that meeting will take place after the second sitting of the day you'll see this on the timetable that takes place um, in the library and that starts at about 10.30 till 12 and it's an opportunity for uh, myself to answer any questions about anything whatsoever that you may have have to uh, ask sometimes of course questions are too difficult and I can't answer them so then I'll avoid answering them by redirecting them back to the questioner and sometimes there are questions they would like to uh, ask you in terms of checking in how the day is going by for you and in group meetings uh, like that one of the values uh, of it is that as um, human beings we tend to appreciate if other, life is easier if we know that others are having the same difficulty as ourselves. One of the worst feelings of life is to have difficulties what it might be knee pains and back pains in meditation or wandering mind or current life crisis or struggling with existence or whatever it might be and to have the feeling it's only me And sometimes just by being in a group and actually hearing others say exactly the same thing one begins to feel better. Ah, it's not just me. I'm not the only one who feels like this. I'm not the only one who experiences this. I'm not the only one who's going through this. And a certain sense of camaraderie and friendship and understanding and connection can come out of that. Sometimes Um, people have um, said uh, to to me that um, it would be rather beneficial to have some opportunity in which retreatants or as we often call them around here the uh, uh, yogis rather a flattering name I've always felt but anyway, the the yogis to um, meet together if you wish and so what I've decided to do, that is without um, people like me loitering around, is I'm um, immediately after tea in the library there, if people wish to speak a little bit about how their day is between them, that would be from about 4, 4, 4, sorry, 5.45, the tea time is 5.30 each day, from about 5.45 through until about 6. Twenty-five before the next uh, sitting and I experimented with this in a general way on the last uh, retreat at (coughs) the old guy house and there was an appreciative uh, response to that so therefore what I'm saying is that in the evening at about 5.45pm if you feel it might be useful for you to talk and meet together in the library and only in the library to share your experience together and to talk together about how the day is for you and that is the theme, how the day is for you please feel free to do so and starting around 5.45 or 5.50 and then finishing at around 6.25 others of you of course may wish to keep the silence and not go to the library at that time and of course no need no need to but I'll leave that up to you and I'll pin up on the notice board a further reminder about the time um, uh, later on each uh, morning period after the second period there is the full group meeting which takes place and that is the only one of the day but in the afternoon I'll make some time for one-to-one meetings Generally speaking, these meetings last about uh, 10 minutes or so but can go on longer um, if you wish. And with the one-to-one meetings, it gives me the opportunity to, of course, meet with you. Once again, to answer questions, to ask questions and to look at whatever area of interest or concern um, matters uh, to you. And I'll put the times and the locations up for those one-to-one meetings um, tomorrow morning and they'll be in one or two of the afternoon walking uh, periods. And then finally, in the uh, evening time at around 7.15, I give the evening talk and generally speaking the talk lasts for about 40 minutes and i take some general thread or theme of um, uh, this thing of living of existence and the purpose with regard to the talks is at its best to provide some uh, genuine authentic uh, insight and understanding for each and uh, every person and also of course to expand and clarify as well some of those areas which might have got touched upon during the day in the full group meeting and, uh, and other matters. And with the talks themselves it's also important to appreciate and acknowledge here that the talks are rather exclusively intended towards uh, insight and understanding and therefore if anything which I say is um, banal bananas, um, off the wall, outrageous, um, preachy what other things do people complain about, um, whatever it might be then please um, do remember that between all our ears there's always lots of space and let's let it pass on and pass out of existence and uh, not treat it too um, seriously And of course, if anything is said in whatever way, in this case by myself, then don't hesitate in the full group meeting to uh, lay a number on me if you wish or um, in the one-to-one meetings. So in other words, we keep the the spirit of these things uh, um, open and uh, free and therefore free from uh, uh, dogmatism and all of its ugly faces. Yeah. then just finally now with regard to the meditations themselves as I say coming into the retreat it might be dealing with personal issues and this is a, one of the fine, finest environments for dealing with personal issues that's available to human beings long tradition of, of this we run an open door facility in other words anybody any condition mind and heart and body can come in and see if it provides and offers an opportunity for renewal well-being, clarity the dissolution of problems no matter how strong or how deep they might seem to go into the psyche if not into the body uh, as well there are others here, not here because of any problems or anxieties or stress or busyness or whatever but simply here to see if this kind of the practices and the teachings might have something which might be useful and therefore simply here as an element of curiosity and it's just as solid and just as sound a reason to be here as any other. A number of you are here, who are here of course have great love of meditation great love of silence and, and stillness that retreats both group retreats and solitary retreats are an essential feature of your life you couldn't imagine going through the year and not being in such an environment they matter deeply to you and again as valid and as an authentic a reason to be here as uh, the, the others so whether it's curiosity, whether it's a, a particularly pressing period or moment of your life, or whether it's for that depth of insight and understanding and renewal and enlightenment, all is worthwhile and valid here. But of course, if you find it too difficult, and it can be, not easy, to be with oneself, not easy, to be in a situation like this, then please don't hesitate to uh, come and find me, uh, let me know, and um, I can give you a little bit of encouragement to, to stay. But if you find it too much and too hard, there are no gates on the place. You come freely, you go freely. We won't lose a moment's sleep with you arriving, and we won't lose a moment's sleep if you depart. One must keep one's freedom alive through all of these uh, uh, situations but sometimes there's just some ways that a person is going through create some doubt can I handle this, can I stay steady with, with this and just come that's all we can do and just, just uh, talk and uh, let me know how things are for you in the sitting meditations themselves it doesn't matter one iota whether you use the cushions which in the Zen tradition they're called Zafus Z-A-F-U and Zafus or meditation uh, cushions are useful for sitting uh, uh, cross-legged or you might wish to use the, the, the chair and these chairs which were a sell-off by MFI I might add um, seem to be quite give good back support and therefore please uh, uh, use and some of you use the wooden uh, stool there and kneeling posture with the wooden stool um, underneath. We used to have a whole load of them, I don't know they're still around? Yes. So they're, um, they're still around and please don't hesitate to Uh, use one of those if you wish. And certainly um, ethics, awareness and wisdom in life has absolutely nothing to do with the the shape that your legs are in. And sometimes people do get a bit confused and think that that those three gems of life and the cross-legged posture have a relationship. They don't, believe me even though I'm sitting here cross-legged. And with the meditations themselves we give initially plenty of care and attention to mindfulness of breathing and the mindfulness of breathing is that bare attention to the very bare actuality there's no mantra involved, there's no concept involved there's no picture, image, visualisation sacred or less sacred words involved there is simply bare attention to the immediate experience of sitting on this earth mindfully breathing in, mindfully breathing out and being a conscious human being and it's the conscious human being factor which is the most important one so much difficulty in life, confusion and conflict and pain and anguish in life amongst the many factors which contribute to it one of them is our not being very conscious not picking up the signals ignoring things which should not have been ignored neglecting whatever living on a habit or a pattern and then suddenly life comes along and whack and we think why am I like this? why am I going through this? what's happening here? and turmoil can be coming but perhaps amongst the many factors is we were ignoring, not noticing what was contributing to it so to be conscious is to bring more consciousness to the moment and mindfulness of breathing is a helpful and useful resource for calmness, for relaxation and in fact for bringing harmony to body and mind to bring harmony to body and mind and so much of our day can be spent in quite a lot of unnoticed disharmony when we're involved very much uh, lost in our mind all day when we're involved in compelling activities when when we're rushing from one thing to another when we're caught up in addictions when we've got low level or high level anxiety going on uh, with us there's some loss of integration and and harmony and bare attention to the bare breathing experience just breathing in and breathing out and being in touch with that contributes to the harmony of body and mind and as a real stepping stone to an integrated and wise way of being in this world and an action can come from that which is clear and insightful and compassionate in fact So when we put our attention to the breath we're mindful of the air element coming in through the nose past the lungs, past the throat breathing in, there's some expansion with the in-breath and we breathe out there's some uh, contraction of the body and it's just sitting, mindfully breathing in mindfully breathing out as the primary interest As the days of the retreat go by we'll certainly expand out the field of attention But just at the moment, this evening and through tomorrow, we'll be, as I say, essentially with the breath as the primary object and then we'll expand out into other areas. And of course I'll talk to you about that as the time goes by. When we're not with the breath matters as much as when we're with the breath. So though the primary interest is being with the breath, bringing the attention back rather quietly and firmly to that. What's going on with us when we're not with the breath? That tells us a lot about who we are, what we are, what's going on in our life. So we're sitting and mindfully breathing in, mindfully breathing out. We lose touch with the breath, then what's going on? For some it could be large waves of tiredness, some restlessness, Negativity, doubt, uh, an unresolved problem in life, um, confusion, dullness, or whatever. Let's be clear about the state of mind or state of body, clear about it, acknowledge it, and then back to the breath, back to being here and now, quietly focused, bringing mind and body together in a focused and clear way and getting well grounded in that and that's the seed for wisdom in, in life in that uh, if it's some waves of tiredness which come it can be useful to sit with some eyes open for a period of time if there's some uh, restlessness to breathe in is a bit longer and more deeply but all of this I'll speak to you much more detail uh, tomorrow when we have the group meeting if in the sitting if you're some pain and discomfort please don't hesitate to change the posture stretch the legs do what's necessary and then return to the original posture and one small helpful thing with the posture is if the back is reasonably straight in the formal meditation hips are mildly rolled forward some expansion and then one sits with a reasonably straight posture clear steady posture breathing can take place much more easily and one is much more conscious Buddha body already as it were being well established the two two or three little small bits of information to conclude Um, one is as the manager pointed out earlier on that we actively discourage uh, reading and writing we have um, a small library of books from the Dharma friends over the uh, years which are in the uh, library uh, there and so please as much as possible ask very strongly in fact um, to leave the books on the shelves there they will be there at the end of the retreat hopefully untouched and on the final morning of the r- retreat when the silence ends at the breakfast time on the final morning course people can look at the look at the books and uh, etc similarly with the writing person may wish to do minimal amount of uh, writing sometimes people keep a journal or um, wish to keep a count of their experience or possibly something which I or others in the group might say then of course feel free to but all rather minimal please therefore to maximise time for silence, for stillness, for mindfulness, for awareness uh, in life and to bring the fullness of those themes as much as possible throughout the whole of the day if we put our day together and from beginning through to end, then silence and stillness and depth will come to us and truth which is liberating will also come May all beings live with awareness. May all beings see into the field of existence. May all beings live with liberating wisdom. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.